Okay. All right, dude, you ready to rock this out? We're going to rock this out. Yeah. You sure? You sure about that? Always. All right. This call is now being recorded. But I don't like that new voice. Boy, by the way, that, that's our intro song. This call is now being recorded. Nice. <laughs> it used to be uh, a pleasant woman saying, this call is now being recorded. And now it's a guy saying, hey, you just pressed record, asshole. Um, well, everyone out there, thank you for being with us. Uh, we are straying away from Halloween movies, horror movies, for a while, for obvious reasons. Uh, we'll do some episodes on music and comedy and other kind of things besides political episodes. But what we got today is a hard-hitting political episode. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I've felt this for quite some time. And basically, it's income inequality. We're focusing on America. Uh, the world could certainly be included, but there's a big difference between the... Uh, uh, basically, the... the uh, what do you call it, the developed world or the undeveloped world, there's there's big differences, and some countries haven't even had an industrial revolution yet. So, uh, with me, of course, is Dirty Mouth, Mouth, by the way, Mouth, yeah. Morgan, with an F. Hey, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, I'm Dylan. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, this is a big uh, subject, and, and this is, I'm going to try to tell you right away where we're going to try to divide this uh, in terms of chapters or, or themes. Uh, but number one, we're going to talk a little bit about average income, uh, advantages that the rich have versus the poor. Uh, we're going to talk about inflation that has hit America in a devastating fashion, not just in the last couple of years during COVID, but it's been building and rising for years. As far as the cost of goods versus the average income, uh, we'll talk about uh, the the American way, right? The American dream is alive, offers mobility opportunities for people in the lower class to get up to the middle class, the middle class to well, I wouldn't even say it up to the upper class. I mean, that is the dream, but we're also going to include in the middle class just the state middle class. Um, some people don't care about being a part of the upper class. They just want to remain a constant part of the middle class. How hard is it these days? Um, we're going to talk about uh, something that I've noticed in companies I've worked for that I find very disgusting, and it's the power that investors or stockholders, not employees, people that buy into your company, the power that they have versus employees, uh, which drastically needs to change, I believe, for American uh, companies to thrive more and for us to get better customer service too, by the way, and better service in general. Um, I'm going to touch upon this because it definitely uh, affects me a little bit more than, than dirty over there. Adam. Yeah, I think you are free and clear as far as when it comes to uh, student debt. I have some. Oh, I have some. Um, I've had some, but I, oh, you do? I, I finally paid it off. And then uh, uh, it, you. I, it was in collections and whatever, but I got it paid off. So I didn't get a big Perfect. Loan. Okay. We'll talk about that briefly. There's a, a there's currently a motion that's, that they're trying to do. Basically, the Democrats are trying to push a bill to Office of Student Debt Relief, and it's being squashed by the jerks. Uh, and then lastly, we'll talk about the transfer of wealth. Different time periods of extended transfer of wealth from the 
poor or the middle class or the rich. Most of the middle class. The poor don't have a lot of give. Uh, they just have more to lose, I guess. Um, and, and then, so, yeah, we'll, we'll end up with that and maybe a few side notes. Now, let's start out on Dirty. Uh, I'm going to give up a little bit of statistics here. There's going to be an article I'll read about uh, billionaires. The big thing to start off with, Joe, is just the increase in the amount of billionaires and the uh, destruction of the middle class, uh, the destruction of middle class jobs, uh, the destruction of middle class incomes, and the destruction of uh, basically the lessening of the amount of, excuse me, uh, benefits that are being offered as well. Um, to start off with, is there anything that you've noticed? Before I get into some world stats here, um, could you give me just a general, doesn't have to be too long, a general thesis or idea of your understanding of how billionaires are growing, the middle class is declining, the lower class is just is there, um, and where, we, where do we go from here? How disgusting is this? It's bad. Uh, I've taken a trip, I took a trip last summer, well, even where I live in Juneau, I live in Juneau, Alaska, uh, at my job, uh, in the parking lot, you can see, like, car- I call them homeless caravans where people are, like, living in their cars. They'll get two or three cars together and set them up. Um, and you'll see them around, especially when it starts to warm up. But um, I was in Chicago. I saw that. I was in Portland. I saw a lot of that. Um, and uh, I was in Seattle. And, uh, and it's all over. I mean, they, if you look up, the population on Skid Row in L.A., it's, like, quadrupled over the past, like, 10 years. Um, and these are, like, all newly homeless people, um, it, you know, from various for various reasons. They lost everything. Um, and it's it, it just, uh, we live in a crazy, we live in a crazy world where it's, like, society will tell you, you know, the systems, you know, education and, your parents and everything, they'll tell you, like, yeah, like, you know, if you work hard and, and, you know, save your money, you'll be able to move up and, you know, live comfortably. But it's, uh, unless you have, unless you blow up and become some kind of famous person or, you know, you have a gadget that's, you know, that can be, you know, sold, it's it's like uh, a lot of this money, a lot of these wealthy people, it, it, a lot of this money is inherited, um, and it's 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 just you can see it. Um, there's people you you see a lot of homeless people. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's insane. Um, a lot of a lot of drug addiction, and you know that's connected. You know you can find a connection between drug addiction and uh, and and poverty. So. Yeah, um, anytime you have a decline of opportunity, mm-hmm. you're always going to see an increase of crime. Right. It's just natural to a human being. It's it's uh, the sense of survival. Right. sense of what someone's willing to do for either their family or themselves right. to keep their heads above water, and it's just a fact of life. Um which leads me again, I know we talked about this before, the Michael Moore movie, Roger and me, about uh, when all the auto jobs left Detroit or the surrounding areas, and how the, the things that, the businesses that drive for repo businesses, 
uh, jails grew and prisons grew in size. And of course, there was investors for those. Um, so what, what a beautiful thing, huh? You decimate a town and basically uh, invest. If you're rich, you take your money and invest in a repo company. So you know, you know what grew heavily is sign makers. They were making signs out of business, uh, for sale, huh. uh, need work. I mean, all these kind of different signs that people would put on their lawn, I mean, they, they went through the roof. Right. So let's talk about, let's get into specifics of, of rich versus poor and about how we're going in the wrong direction with this. Here's an article, I basically took articles from three different places, Forbes, for amounts of wealth which are support and specific statistics for that. A Newsweek for some articles uh, about businesses, maybe, uh, small business versus big business, and Wikipedia for some lists uh, about, which I'll get into later, of where we lie in America versus the rest of the world with upper mobility opportunity. So it starts with uh, let me see. And this actually, this is the one. This is called American for Taxfairness dot org. It's a dot org website started by Americans like you and me, uh, basically middle class America, uh, that are doing research and finding the statistics and saying, "Hey, wait, something something wrong is going on here." So let's get into this growth in total wealth of U.S. billionaires during the pandemic to start. <laughs> Excuse me. The total wealth of U.S. billionaires grew by $1.3 trillion during roughly the first 11 months of the coronavirus pandemic, yeah. a 44% spike in wealth. Uh, this increase in, increase in wealth is more than it would cost to send a stimulus check of $3,900 to every one of the roughly 330 people in America. So basically, you take 330 million people in America, give them a check of $3,900, and it would match the profits that the top billionaires made uh, in this in this country, and we know that during the pandemic, I I was taking a look at the richest people in America, going from 60 million to 90 million, uh, 60 million. What am I talking about? Billion. Yeah. To next year, you know, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are worth a quarter of a trillion dollars. Yeah, uh, and they have these uh, mansions the size of uh, cities. Right, and uh, it's really disgusting. And it's another interesting note here. The U.S. added 50 billionaires during this period, during the pandemic, increasing from 614 to 664, which, by the way, the amount of billionaires has doubled in the last 10 years in America, while over the last 50 years in America, the middle class has decreased by about 15%. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, 15%, but that's uh, one-seventh of the total population that has moved. Now, they haven't all moved down to the lower classes, but a tiny little speck that has gone up to the upper class, but most have gone down to the lower class. Uh, let's take a look at some more stats. Uh, Jerry, if you ever want to add anything to this, uh, start talking. I'll stop the stats for a second. Um, in March 2020, uh, they weighed the total wealth of U.S. billionaires from 1990 to 2020, and total number of U.S. billionaires, I guess that's redundant, but the total wealth of U.S. billionaires grew from $240 billion in 1990, adjusted for inflation, to $4.18 trillion 
in March 2021. The total wealth adjusted for inflation, $240 billion to $4.18 trillion in March of 2021. That is an astronomical percentage growth in the amount of total wealth, which, by the way, there's a little interesting statistic for you. I got notes all over the place with this episode. The top 1%, we know we've talked about 1%ers versus the rest of the world. The top 1% own half in the world of the total total wealth. Yeah. The top 10% owns 85%. And, of course, the top 10% includes that 1%. So you take the top 10%, 85% of the wealth is owned by 10% of the people. Mm-hmm. The rest of the 90% own the bottom 15%. Um, to further this, uh, article we got here. That's a total of, we're talking about 240 billion versus 4.18 trillion. That's a difference of 17 times the network that there's, that the top percent has, uh, has grown. Well, it says there's a slight dip when billionaires' total wealth fell by a small percentage during the, the Bush junior years, uh, which everyone was making less money then, except for a few people. Uh, as a result of the Great Recession, it shot up 160% from 2010 to March 2021. And let's see what else. There's a few other uh, stats in here. Let's see if any of them are noteworthy. Okay. Well, I'm going to look this over to see if there's anything else that's noteworthy. <laughs> uh, Dirty, what do you have to say about this? So few people... Owning so much of the wealth, is it just that they're that much smarter than everyone? We know that there's people on the bottom, some people at the bottom and the middle, and guess what, the top two that are willing to just kind of coast and aren't really working that hard. You can say what you want about the culture of the different classes in America versus the real world. What do you think of these people? Just, they just I guess they're just that much better than us, huh? They just deserve it. Hey. Uh, they, they should have the control over everything. So what do you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole system created to benefit wealthy people. Uh, taxes, um, like not increasing the minimum wage. Uh, a lot of the uh, careers that people want to go into uh, just aren't there, or they uh, they don't. They're not in existence. Um, it's. It's fucked up. It's uh, it, it's sad, and <clears throat> it it's like uh, okay, I, I don't know. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no problem. Uh, what do you think about not just the minimum wage, but should we cap a maximum wage? I mean, has uh, when I see his stupid fucking face, and this isn't just. Personal. I mean, it's really a part of the culture more than any of the specific billionaires. There's some billionaires I, I find fine. Warren Buffett. Uh, I mean, there's some people that do agree. I don't think Bill Jobs is that disgusting. Mm-hmm. I know he had some major experience on his life. He might have been involved in the Jeffrey Epstein thing. I don't know. I can say that by the way he uh, has been a pretty heavy philanthropist. Um, I'll give him some credit for that versus, say, uh, Dick Dork Musk, uh, that owns, uh, X, you, X, X, X. Are you talking about Bill Gates? I was talking about Elon Musk. At first I mentioned Bill Gates. 
Uh, and, and Buffett, Warren Buffett, is the two people who actually agree that rich people should be um, taxed more. Yeah. As um, opposed to... <laughs> well, I, I have to disagree about Bill Gates. Like, that guy's uh, he's shady, too. Um, he he bought up a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, oh man, I'm off today. Um, no, I know what you mean. He did a bunch of small companies. Yeah, and not only did he buy them out, some of them he just stole their ideas and basically said, "Go ahead and try to sue me." Like I'm worth so much more than right. you. I'll torch you into the ground. Right. Um, all the money they ended up giving in a philanthropic uh, way, he could have just let those other businesses thrive. And guess what? Those things are a part of the destruction of the middle class. Right. Small businesses that are trying to thrive and create their own ideas without getting a handout, without saying, okay, buy my business and lay everybody off and just take it for yourself. They want to, they want to be a part of the, of the manufacturing class of the, uh, of the small business owners that can actually see if their ideas can grow and prosper based off of what? Capitalism. The whole fucking point of the whole goddamn country is that if you have good ideas, and you have the, uh, you get your idea off the ground to see if it's something that will actually uh, keep pace with other big companies. Yeah. It's, uh, so other ways that, so go ahead. I, just, I would say it's just, uh, it's, it's an unfair and cruel. So. Well, what do you think about a maximum wage uh, proposal? Uh, or do you think it's just, it's, yeah. uh, I guess the, the argument I always had with my dad over the years is that he says, oh, it's stifled productivity at the top. Not the top really. people aren't producing any fucking more. Right. Okay, the top people are uh, just stealing Bill Gates. Like, imagine they're stealing ideas that they're, when you become that big and powerful, uh, it's hard to even compete with those guys. The bigger they get, the lesser, the more it lessens opportunities for small businesses to compete in the arena. Yeah. Um, especially when they start making everything being made in third world China or in Korea or different islands uh, that are they're giving all the industry to these uh, you know to these other countries that that doesn't those, those aren't American jobs well, the Apple they don't treat uh, Microsoft the, all these other they don't treat the people there well either they get paid like pennies or quarters um, yeah so it's it's a shit they get an average of two dollars an hour right if that um yeah um that. You mentioned Steve Jobs, like that guy, like he had some great ideas, but it was like his entire, you know, it's like the Elon Musk thing where he he had great ideas, but it was like all his engineers that were really the the, the people with the magic to make the iPhone so big. The same thing with Elon Musk, like he didn't come up, he didn't design the car. He's a good, like he's good at presenting shit, but he's not like a, a, a genius like he, he says he is. He you know, he's, uh, he took a lot of, like, U.S. government loans. The guy c came here from South Africa. He comes from wealth. His dad's a, uh, a diamond, uh, mogul. Um, and, you know, he grew up in apartheid South Africa, so, you know, he's okay with, like, oppressing people and being a racist douchebag. Um, no, I, I, to be honest. Yeah, bring your ideas to America. Right. And then, you know, I'll steal them from my engineers. And then signed a document saying, like, you have to give me all the credit. Um, I mean, what killed me is, like, how that guy, when, he, you know, I first heard about him, they would compare him to, like, Tony Stark or, you know, Iron Man. 
And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? That first of all, Iron Man was a superhero. If you're gonna get technical, not real. and he's not real because, in my opinion, I'm just like I'm. Even if like a wealthy person could be a nice person, wealthy people, the 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 rich in this country are within their own society, and we're supposed to cave to them, and you know, and they they can treat us like shit. I mean, the Kardashians, you know, for a while, like, I think they're banned from, like, I want to say I heard that, like, the city of L.A. fucking bans them from, like, taking up blocks of streets with their fucking cars. Um, you know, the Kardashians are a perfect example. They don't have shit. They just have a show about them making things that, you know. Getting naked. And porn, you know, and getting fucked. And, and it's just, um, it's, I used to joke with my son, be like, you know, all we need to do is just be on TV and talk about nothing and we can be on, you know, make lots of money. But it, it's, uh, I'm just, I, I, I. Let me mention something real quick. Yeah. Elon Musk did not create the electric car. No, he. He did not so, create the electric car. They were coming out in, in the 1990s. Main, major manufacturers were trying to get them made. We've talked about this before. Crushed by the gasoline industry. Right. He just marketed it better. That's the only thing I give him credit for. Right. And different ways, too. There are ways, there's so many ways that, Jerry, as you mentioned before, for the rich to stay on top. First of all, obviously, money begets money. Money turns into, in America, has turned into political influence, right. major political influence. Um, when you talk about uh, different ways that uh, rich people hoard their wealth, number one, whatever they say they're making, they're making a lot more than that. We know that they hide lots of money in offshore accounts right. uh, in different countries where they pay off people basically to... Uh, keep large amounts of money for them so they don't have to report it for taxes. We know that they pay accountants, the top accountants in the world, they pay a lot of money to those people uh, to not have to pay their full amount of taxes to escape for as much as possible. And anybody that doesn't think, I know Martha Stewart was the only one recently that was caught, anybody that doesn't think there's massive amounts of insider trading going on stocks uh, with different companies is a fool. As if these guys, as if these people are not either... Uh, commiserating together about what the next big thing is about, but actually planning ahead of time. You know, there, there are a lot of companies that actually take a company uh, that has a good name and bastardize that name by making a lesser inferior product and living off of that right. that name of a good product. Once it starts to go down, once it caps, then what do they care? They have a million other uh, they hold stock in them, and many other companies they either let that company go. Yeah. Forget it. Like, once, once you squeeze the proper amount of juice, once you juice that company enough, you can then sell your stocks that it's high, you can get or around anywhere around that, and buy into another company that has a good name. Um, I, I can't remember that. I think Mariano's is a company. I'm here in Chicago. Mariano's was bought out of a nice little store that was the, the son of the Dominic's owner, I believe, started once Dominic sold. 
and he sold that to, I believe, Safeway, either that or Kroger, and slowly but surely, uh, the service of the product has gone down. Yeah. I'm not saying that they aren't still a good store, but I've talked to people that work there. I'm not actually a shopper, Mariano's, but that's just one example of you take a good product, uh, whatever the product is, whatever industry it is, you take that product that has the good name, you slowly decline the product's uh, value by, not the value, you slowly just the output, basically, how, how good the product is by basically offering a cheaper substitute to a lot of these things, either in the type of employees you have, less managers, more hourly employees, uh, less product that you're using your your great name to. Well, eventually people wise up and say, hey, this isn't Mariano's anymore. By that time, the major investors have moved on, on to the next damnation. As far as uh, uh, running a company's name into the ground, it happens uh, quite a bit. Um, let me see, what, uh, what else should we talk about? Uh, you know, besides, you know, we've talked about just how they infiltrate governments, how they have a hand, certainly, in uh, how bills are passed, uh, whatever type of tax cuts they can get uh, by industry. Uh, I, I can tell you another thing is that they heavily lobby the government to, from more dastardly things than that, the Walmart kids for years, the Walmart children inherited the business yeah. uh, from the father has given a lot of money to politicians that aim to get rid of national education. So besides, you know, having all the money, they try to rig the rules to, to stay on top. Now, national education obviously is taking money from poor areas, putting that in, in the richer areas, excuse me, putting it into poorer areas, poorer areas, so that those children can get updated books, so that they have, they stand some kind of a chance against uh, these richer schools uh, to, to try to go to college. How can you go to, to college in 2023 if you have a textbook from 1969? This is going to be that much harder. Uh, also, um, a lot of these rich people, they go to private schools. They're paying to go to private schools. They don't work for their kids. They don't want to pay for uh, the local education, the, the public school for everyone else's children to go to. They'd rather that those schools have less money, that they don't have to give money for that. Uh, so, of course, make sure that their kids get a much better education and that the rules are rigged for them once they get to college. And if that's not enough, they'll go the Lori Lawson route and actually pay for their kids to yeah. go to school. And yeah. again, just like Martha Stewart, yeah. anybody that thinks that this is a one-time thing because she's the only one that got caught, you're a fool. I mean, for years and years, you go back to the Bush kids going to Yale and all kinds of family uh, family fortunes that are involved with what type of education these kids get. The rules are rigged much more than we think, and we actually live in a society where it is a class of society. Uh, maybe not like India quite as much, um, but, Jerry, uh, I'm sorry, anything you want to say about what we're talking about well, with being the thing that's fucked up is about colleges and universities is like, first of all, there's too much hype, and secondly, um, you know, a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of people who deserve to go, who are fucking you know top notch, um, they get they get fucked up, they're fucked over by you know wealthy people and alums. Like there's a whole thing where you you know not like you say that. Uh, with Master saying, it's like, you know, you find out all these rich people, they lied, 
the resume, they beef it up, um, you know, they make up all the shit. And the kids can't even fucking, they, they don't even, they're not smart enough and they're, they're not, um, they're not, they're not worth it. Like they don't, they, they lie and they get in and, and, and it's just a, a mark on their resume. And then they get a job and they're set or they get, you know, an inheritance. Uh, it's, it's really sad and, and, uh, I mean, you could, yeah, it, it, so tired of that shit. Like, it, there's this, this whole myth of like, we'll go to, go to school, get education, start a career, and that's just, that's all myth now. Like, and, and is that what you meant by hype? Yeah, they hype it up. Like, you know, it's the American dream. You go to school, you get a good, you get a good career, you start in a good career. You know, and then you move your way up, you get a house, and shit, and that's all bullshit. Like, it's, uh, and you, we, you, we, you can see it. Like, it just, it, it just doesn't exist. You could talk to a, a person who, who's in medicine and, you know, ask how much they're fucking, like, paying after first year with first year doctors or residency, and it's like they're, you're paying a shitload of money. And it's like, you know, that's, that's just bullshit. And it wasn't always like this. So. You know, I'm glad that the reason why I asked you is when you said hype, I'm glad you went back to that and described it. I was going to break in there and say, well, what do you mean by hype? Because I wanted you to extend upon that. Currently, you can make a big argument that instead of going to a four-year school, if you have to take loans to do it, man, is it not worth it? You're going to do what? Uh, take out $100,000 of loans to, afford to go to a four-year school even more, go to a graduate school, or could you maybe go to a trade school and get a different job for a lot less money or even uh, paying for the majority of that being uh, using like, becoming some sort of apprentice right. uh, to somebody who, who has the skill that will teach you the skill. I can tell you this, that throughout the years, as American jobs have gone overseas, and become extinct, well, one of the things that people are talking and saying is, well, get re-educated. Come up with another, that was Bill Clinton's famous thing when uh, the pre-creator agreement sent lots of jobs over to Mexico and different parts of especially Mexico, and the people were like, where are American jobs going? And, and he wasn't, they had been going in other directions before him. Right. But man, did that push it in a heavy direction one way. And, his, and what he said is, no, I want to get re-educated, go back to school, get a different, get a different trade. Um, and, and as what has it done is people have amassed large amounts of student debt, yeah. uh, going to school to try to get a degree. And I'll, I'm going to come up, I'm going to say a personal, something personal about this as far as personal experience. We'll talk more about student debt relief later on. But I actually did have to go back to school. In fact, in my employment history, I'll just say since I've been to Chicago, which has been 25 years, I worked as a, I mean, I had a, uh, I didn't, I got my bachelor's degree in my 20s, and I was working uh, basically in retail while I was going through coffee shops and stuff, while I was going through my school to help pay for some of it, at least for my rent and things, other things I had to pay for. And I became management in my 20s, uh, not Starbucks manager, but say small coffee shops, bread shops, things like that. Finally, after my degree, I uh, the job that I had uh, worked for for years in children's toys, actually. I started out in the, in the warehouse, worked myself into customer service, 
I just gotten hired as a salesman after I got my degree. Find out that the company is North American operations are being shut down and moved to uh, Japan and France, I guess. So then I quickly uh, regrouped and, and got into Pop Belly Sandwiches, uh, which we'll talk about them when it comes to PPE loans and bastardizations of, of who got those during the pandemic because they are guilty. Uh, went and worked for Pop Belly Sandwiches. What a shitty, shitty job that was. Uh, working nights, weekends, holidays, uh, working, I must have worked 15 different stores all over the Chicago area, um, and they declined to give me raises, declined to move me up, and uh, as I saw, they were actually declining as a company that I would figure out later on. But anyway, I changed from food service retail uh, to, I went into insurance and sold insurance, uh, got hit with the 2008-2009 economic crisis where I was working for an insurance company that probably, I was in sales, probably had the most expensive insurance you can have. And uh, when it comes down to a price, when people are hurting for money, you're going to fail. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. I finally was just, I was about to hit 40. I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? Like, I, I've got too much brain power to be sitting here uh, going through different assistant management positions in retail. And I finally, with the help of my wife, honed in on registered health information technology, uh, which you know, I took a look at the jobs list to find out that that was a, a job with a lot of supposedly lots of opportunities over the next 10 years. What I found out is that uh, after I graduated and the graduation rate was, was minimal, you had to get a certification for that. Only maybe 30% of the people that graduated got the certificate. I got it right away and got into management, luckily. And been working there for uh, seven to eight years. Now, a lot of other people actually went from minimum wage jobs, uh, say, working for a gas station, said, you know what, I want something better. They went in and they got a loan to get a registered health information technician degree. They got out of there, and that's not just to be like an associate. That's training to be management. They got out, made the same amount of money if they could get a job in medical records or coding that they did to start out. Um, that they were making in their previous profession. The difference is they had $50,000 of loans now. So there's an example of uh, ways that you're getting education, trying, you're trying to change, trying to actually make more money for your family, and you get lied to, basically, if there's something there that's really not. Uh, and guess what? A lot of the hospitals, when you're trying to get a job there, said, oh, we, we're not going to train you. If you want to come here, we'll see. We'll let you come and work for free for a while so you can actually get the, the training that you need to get a real job. That's what their that's what their comeback was to that. It's fucking gross, it's disgusting. Uh, that's not progress in my opinion. Uh, so Gary, I didn't know if you had any personal experiences you wanted to talk about with that. Before we move on, we we've got six different topics to cover. We've only covered the first one so far. Uh, anything before we move on to inflation? No, let's talk about it. Cool. Um, also, too, um, currently, what are we at for time? Are we at like 25 minutes or something? We're at 35 minutes. We're at 35 minutes. Okay, so we started at, say, 345. All right, that's something we got to watch. All right, um, inflation. So inflation, as you know, is the cost of goods and services versus how much you get paid. Uh, inflation, as far as how much money you have to spend on the services that you need. 
Uh, inflation is the how much it's going to increase for the cost of goods and services versus what you make. Right. Now, we've seen this go up exponentially. Uh, it started with, of course, college education, something we talked about in the previous chapter. Uh, it hits the hardest. The things that inflation hits the hardest are the things that everyone needs, including the lower class. If you're lower class, you can't do without gas, food, and rent. You have to live somewhere, you have to eat, and you have to drive to your job. Those are the three biggest areas, not to mention the price of going to a concert, the price of going to see a movie, uh, the price of going to uh, basically a ball game, I guess, if you want to take your kid to a ball game. I mean, all these things are so much harder to do now uh, as they were before. Uh, Dirty, let, let's get into this as far as the how much more things cost now Certainly during uh, COVID, we saw a huge increase in the cost of food for obvious reasons that people were getting sick and, and they're producing a lot less chicken than they were before, a lot less eggs, all these types right. of things. Uh, what have you experienced as far as your, in your days here of inflation versus what people make? I, I just found it just weird and disgusting that, uh, you know, these corporations would raise the price of the products. I mean, that's what it is. Like, they, they, they control the situation. And all of a sudden, it's like when people are the most vulnerable and needy, they decide, well, it's, you know, they thought it would be a good idea to to uh, raise the, the cost of every fucking thing. Um, I, you know, I just, I, I found it very uh, cold-blooded. Um, there was a, you know, during COVID, there would also be, moments where or there'd be you know companies that like for instance my daughter likes sriracha so i guess there's an herb out of croatia and they couldn't produce it so you know they stopped making that um and you know just stuff like that where it started to affect uh production you oh you had uh you know, you had people who were sick, they were forced to work uh, during, you know, COVID where it'd be a meat packing plant. And, you know, and this is where you learn about, like, uh, you know, environments and people's work, especially manual labor. And, and you know, it'd be, there'd be, like, a meat packing plant and, like, you know, a bunch of people are sick and they're fucking touching the meat. They're sick. They're, they're, you're forced to work or they get fired. I uh, had, like, no choices, and uh, so then it's like, you know, they're sending, you know, the shitty product and then overcharging you for it. Um, that, how people are treated in this food service industry, that's the other uh, part of it, is, like, you get paid shit, and then you get treated like shit uh, by, by, the, by the public. Um, but then supposedly you're... Uh, an essential employee. You're so essential to right. work at a grocery store, but yet we're going to pay you minimum wage. Uh, that there's something there's something off with that. If you're essential, yet you uh, you're so needed, but you're not really worth to pay anything more than what minimum wage is. Right. Um, what's interesting right now is uh, there's a lot of like unionization going on around the country. Uh, like for Amazon, Amazon, oh my God, like Amazon is a textbook, classic example of slave labor. Like they treat people like shit. 
the drivers get fucking if they're black or like uh, not white, they get threats from fucking Karens. Uh, they can't pee. Um, there's like I, I guess people pee or you know go to the bathroom next to the workstation. Uh, Jeff Bezos is trying to like fly to the fucking fly to Mars or wherever the fuck. Well, his employees who make him the money uh, are suffering. Uh, so they try to, you know, unionize Starbucks is trying to, has been unionizing, and Howard Schultz is a fucking, is a fucking jagoff who during the hearing was arguing that it's unnecessary and it's like, I don't know. I worked at Starbucks and I know how people get treated at, you know, there. Uh, it's, it's a lot of kids and college students and, you know, people treat them like garbage. McDonald's, they unionized, uh, a couple years ago, um, like, there's all these companies, and, uh, you know, a lot of these places don't have health insurance. Um, so it's just like you're dependent on this company because you have to live and you have a family or whatever the fuck. And, you know, if you have the, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to go out and do things, uh, great. But for the most part, most people have two or three jobs. Like, was it Walmart? It's notorious for having, like, a high population of, of, uh, of government aid recipients, and it's like you gotta be fucking kidding me. These these people make billions of dollars, and they can't fucking help their employees out like that. I guess this is why I'm not rich. I mean, aside from like, I don't I don't come from a rich, rich family or whatever. But it's like I always feel like if I was wealthy, like my wife would complain that I'd I'd be giving money away too much. I, there's so much money. There's so much money in the world that it wouldn't even affect the, the wealth the wealthy and you could feed people like you you could you could you, you, you don't even if they if they distributed the money in this in the world uh, from everybody who's wealthy, especially the billionaires, the billionaires alone could save the the world. Like they could feed everybody, they could, you know they could help out, you know uh the, you got people who get sick, like, you know, and, and we're like one of the few countries that believes in uh, socialized medicine, and it's like, you know, people get sick, it's a fucking, it's a, it, it becomes a major financial uh, downfall, um, you know, especially when you get older and, you, you know, like, you, you get, start entering your 40s and 50s, uh, you could have a heart attack or something, your body isn't as healthy, and you're, 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 your health is becomes a big factor uh, in your finances, and it's just uh, I, it just kills me. It's like I don't know how you, they keep develop, you know, coming out with newer cars, a newer technology, a new phone, or whatever, and people are fucking starving. And it, it's like they're, 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 we have no priorities in this country except for the fucking wealthy. I mean, right now, right real quick, right now. Biden is talking about giving Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan each like hundred billion or more so, and it's like all that money could be used for to help us. And it's like we give aid, and it's like you got to be fucking kidding me. This country's broke, sick, and illiterate, and you're trying to help other countries that try to help out other warlords and and oppressing people. I mean, Israel has fucking socialized medicine and fucking free education, free health care. And, and it's like, we're paying for that. And it's like, what? 
I just don't, I don't get it. Like, that's one of the things lately that's been just kind of pissing me off is like, you know, defense. We spend all this money in defense for what? To go destroy countries, create, create fucking terrorists to go and, you know, freak out and, and, uh, come in our, come, come home after destroying a country and, and treating people like shit. Um, you know, defense contractors, like, there's all these factors, uh, but yeah, corporations are the worst. The NRA, they're fucking wealthy. We got mass shootings, people dying all the time. We don't want to do anything about that. And I'm not trying to veer off into that subject, but the point is, it's like, it's amazing how the NRA, uh, when the, you know, gets away with that, and it's like, we don't do anything about it. And it's like, people are broke. You, you had a Kyle Rittenhouse piece of shit, it got a, a fucking got COVID money, went and buy a, bought an AR-15 and killed two people. And it's like, where the fuck is the priority in this in this country? Hmm. Um, now, when we're talking about uh, government spending, and we talked about social programs, were, uh, about what are needed to help people create opportunities, we're not talking about, one thing we hear a lot from the other side is, oh, it doesn't work. Um, it works enough so that you definitely need it, number one. Number two, I'm not against oversight committees that actually oversee uh, these businesses and hold them accountable for our tax dollars to make sure they're being correctly. Um, but in Chicago, there's a lot of, we pay a lot of taxes, and we don't see a lot in return for what we spend our money on. At least it doesn't seem like that to me. The roads are terrible. Right. Uh, there's still an epic of crime. Uh, so you, you definitely need oversight committee, committees to make sure that this money is being spent correctly. And you need accountability and you need um, for these companies to be, uh, like I said, held, held accountable uh, to, to know exactly, to make sure that this money is transparency, I guess is what I'm looking, is the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, actually, technically, the Republicans want to take as far as money. They want to take money out of. Oh, they want to do away with the IRS. Yeah. To pay for uh, giving more money to Israel. To Israel. Meanwhile, there's, there's again, we, we I know we got to stay on topic here. There are some protests going on around the world to right. cease fire. I know that they they took uh, captives. Hamas took. Hostages. They're releasing them. So right they're, you know, they are releasing them, but I don't know if all of them have been released. That is a means for people to keep going after you. If you have not released all of the hostages, uh, and guess what? Maybe uh, if you can find something good about this, maybe people can listen to any type of leaders in, in Palestine as far as <laughs> nobody has so far. But so. Uh, why? Why did you attack? What's going on? What do you need? Wait. What differences do you need as far as to go forward? A give and take as far as we'll release the hostage. Thirty. I'm sorry. We can't spend any more time right. on this subject. We have so much more to talk about. I'm just going to finish. I'll finish what you brought up. Um, some sort of exchange for the for the for the hostages. What do you want? What are you looking for? Do you want us to just let you let you be and stop right. interfering as far as America? For Israel, I mean, right. it means that Israel's going to do whatever they want. If we, if we don't intervene, if we stop intervening with Israel, too, on their side, uh, I guess consider Palestine destroyed a little bit because no. 
the world right now is actually trying to say, you know what, that's enough, Israel. Like, in America, hopefully, is going to get on the side of, like, why don't you do a ceasefire? Well, let's, let's uh, lessen the amount of devastation there. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, directly related to inflation, which is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Let me go on to another topic before we go into upward mobility. Transfers of wealth. We're talking about the high price of gas, food, rent, and everything else that families and individuals have to pay for versus how much more they're making at their jobs, which is not a lot more. I mean, people are making 1-2%, we're seeing 1-2% increases per year on average over the last 50 years in income. Meanwhile, we're seeing these 50%, 100%, 200%, 500% increases in certain industries of how much it costs for goods and services. Um, one thing I know that has hit really hard is a direct component of the 2008 housing crisis, which is a direct, in direct relation to the war in Iraq and how much money we spent on that. Right before then, of course, everyone knows that the banks were going crazy, giving people loans they probably shouldn't have to, to buy houses. When, uh, the, when the crisis hits and the, the Great Recession hit in 2008, all of a sudden people couldn't, couldn't pay their mortgages anymore and the, Houses were brought, given back to the banks and resold to, guess what, rich people. Now, rich people, I know they had a little bit of a hit, too, but they could still buy a plenty of property during this time period. If you go from making $75 million in a year down to $65, about $65 million could still buy a lot of uh, property from banks for a great rate, and then turn around and increase the rent and charge people astronomical amounts. I can tell you here in Chicago, uh, there's a couple of different time periods where I was looking all over, not just downtown, north side, south side, west side, going way out in the suburbs uh, in all directions and looking at the rents. And in 2010, uh, I was paying $800 for a one-bedroom. They were talking about out in Des Plaines. Skokie, maybe. I'm sorry, Skokie, which isn't too far away from Chicago. In 2015, when I moved out of a... Uh, a, an apartment that was living in Chicago, I looked around, a one-bedroom had gone from, in the general vicinity, not certain aspects of the south side, not Rogers Park, uh, West Rogers Park, not uh, certain parts of the west side. I'm talking about, quote-unquote, livable areas that have a lot less crime. Uh, one bedroom was $1,200. In a five-year time period, average cost of rent went up 50% for a one-bedroom. And that, that's based off of 2015. Now what are we talking about? Yeah. Even more probably, thirteen fifty, fourteen hundred. It keeps going up, and that's just an example. Uh, Dirty, I don't know if you have any examples from Alaska, but I can tell you that here in Chicago, it's ridiculous. And I know in, in talking to family in different parts of the country, um, it's ridiculous as well. Um, but if you don't have anything to add, I'm going to go into this Newsweek article. No, about I, I, I do. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, just, my wife and I are trying to find a house, and it's it's uh, it's crazy. Even a trailer, uh, and it's like you know, there's been a thing going on around last four or five years where uh, rental companies will uh, buy up every fucking thing, and then they raise the rent. Uh, trailer parks are included. Uh, the housing market is shit. Um, and like people are just selling their houses as is, and it's at, you know it's at, at crazy prices. Um, so it's 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 difficult to find a place, and it, it, like they just raise the rent. Um, Alaska, 
you know, California, New York, um, Illinois, um, almost every state. It's like it's it's like unrealistic. Texas, uh, it's just expensive. So yeah, it's just uh, it's ridiculous, and it's and it's it, I don't know how people how they expect people to like live and all that. Uh, when you, you can't even you can't even afford rent. You need like five jobs just to pay the rent and uh, buy. It's not like more sport, right? Have the dad go to work, the mom raises the kids. You've got just one or two cars. You've got a three or four bedroom house right. and a nice double or triple decker. Uh, you go to vacation once or twice a year. Um, you have plenty of groceries. All the kids can play all of the football, soccer, hockey that they want. Sign up for all the extracurricular activities. Uh, you don't really have to suffer for buying them new clothes every year. Different things like that. Uh, Christmas presents, bountiful. The, the cost of living and has changed so much in America from the 1950s uh, to recently. And it's no coincidence that we're doing an episode here about the growth of billionaires in this, in this country. Yeah. Um, so moving on to uh, transfer of wealth uh, from the 2008 housing crisis, the 2020 pandemic. Well, there's another thing that was a transfer of wealth, and it is also part of the ongoing problem of big business versus small business. Big business eating up small business. Really, you know what the American dream used to be is to start a small business, one part of it, start a small business, and then to watch that business flourish and grow, to have employees, to be able to employ people, maybe even your family, uh, to give good benefits, uh, good payable wages versus where you're living and where you're at. Now the American dream is to start a small business and have a big business buy you out and have the owner basically go make a couple million off the sale right. and the uh, big business turns that into a multi-billion dollar corporation. Uh, it's happening so frequently and so often that there's just not a lot of small businesses that survive. I can say here in Chicago, there's always an influx of treats, uh, restaurants, like family-owned restaurants and different things where they can compete. Now, the 2020 pandemic obviously put a huge damper. If you invested in a restaurant in 2019, right before the pandemic, I really feel sorry for you. I feel horrible for you. Yeah. Any type of small business. Um, the reason why is the we're going to get to PPE loans here distributed by the government and how big business actually infiltrated that, that the opportunity to get these loans uh, uh we mentioned Pop Billy, I heard Pop Billy, they got caught, Shake Shack got caught, they can either businesses making $50 million a year, and dirty, coincidentally, when I, the right before I left Pop Billy, when I talked about the downturn in opportunity, 2006 when I was there, they opened up 50 stores, the next year they opened up one, it's not any small coincidence that Howard Schultz bought into Pop Billy as a stockholder, oh. uh, which we're going to talk about here a little bit, stockholder versus employees and immediately started to change the culture of the company. It went from the sort of a happy, smiley, the, the owner that was there before, very nice guy, free food for everybody, uh, every employee gets a free meal, uh, right. give away, basically give away cookies and stuff to people, keep them coming back, uh, especially if they haven't tried it before. All that changed and they became very tight and very corporate, very stagnant and basically faceless. And that company uh, never grew outside of Chicago the way that they had once hoped. 
Uh, so that's just a, that's an example of how these you, you turn to big corporate power and how they fuck your company yeah. rather than help it grow. Right. Um, so yeah, listen to this uh, Newsweek article about COVID and the PPO loans. It says prior to COVID, more than 30 million small businesses accounted for about half of the GOP, GDP, excuse me, which is gross domestic product, and jobs in America. 30 million small businesses prior to COVID. The other half of the economy is concentrated in 20,000 big companies. Uh, so then they go on to talk about how these smaller companies should have been receiving the majority of these small business loans, not Pop Belly, nope. not Shake Shack, uh, but they were going to big businesses and they were going there first. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, see if there's anything else in this uh, article I want to talk about. Um, for example, PetSmart is a big company that got the PPE loans for any of the smaller, like, nail salons and small businesses, small restaurants, different things, like small laundry mats or dry cleaners, uh, which, I don't know, is it a coincidence that those can be owned more by smaller, uh, or a smaller population of maybe uh, people that migrate here to actually invest in these businesses or non-white companies don't mean to be throw conspiracy theories out there. Um, but that's what happened. And uh, to tie this into student debt relief so we can, kind of, we can get through this episode uh, on time, I know that uh, so many people own have student debt, and it's such a hypocrisy. And you have people in Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert saying that this is a super fucking American rich, cigar-sucking whiskey drinking sellout Bill Maher saying that's not fair right. that's not fair to other people that didn't go to college it's like you know what people that went to college went to get a fucking uh, went to get a trade to actually to help people if you're a nurse or somebody that went to get extra education you might have been forced out of one uh, out of one industry to try to go into another it's not like you're even really choosing some people you're not even choosing this. you're doing that out of you have no other choice but to try to do that right. unless you're going to go work and try to work at McDonald's. And so for Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert to accept all government loans, uh, they shouldn't have been able to do because they're part of the government. That's a con- contradiction of interest, right. conflict of interest. They took that and voted against giving student loan relief to even the even if you have a hundred thousand dollars in debt and are making twenty thousand or thirty thousand dollars a year. Fuck you. I like the saying to the American people, go fuck yourself. Those same people, are, these low-income people are still voting for um, these politicians. But anyway, um, yeah, so they got caught actually saying, you know, those students loan leave for you, but uh, I'm going to take my, my destiny and have it be forgiven by the government, which is what happened to a number of these people in Congress. It's crazy. Um, and they make millions of dollars, too. Like, their salaries are fucking nauseating. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, how hard is it these days to actually to, to get into to get into small business, to do small business versus big business? We talked about uh, the, the old stereotypical uh, efforts at big business needs. We really talked about Bill Gates. I mean, it's, uh, what he did is, and a lot of what he did was steal people's ideas. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, dare them to try to sue him in court. If you don't have any money and you're trying to get your business off the ground, good luck with that. Suing Microsoft. Uh, but the, the old adage to rich people is, you know, they didn't get rich by writing a lot of checks. 
you know, to get rich by hoarding the wealth and stealing a lot of their ideas. That's why I think it's okay to have a... That's why I think it's okay to have a maximum wage. I do, too. I, uh... There's a lot of, you know, a lot of old money, too. Um, like, Tucker Carlson, he comes from, like, you know, old money. Um, a lot of these far-right douchebags, Ben Shapiro and all, they come from money. Uh, they're, they're the biggest, like, douchebags that talk about the American way and to be manly and all this other fascist bullshit, and you find out they're just... They're just rich. They come from wealth, and, and and they really don't care about the people that they claim to. Um, it's it's really hard, and it, and it sucks because this is supposed to be the country of opportunity and all that shit. The the millions of stories of like why well, just start this with nothing, and I you know right. that's that's unrealistic. All this shit is unrealistic, and. Uh, you know, like the people who voted for Trump and then he he created, like, you know, the trillion-dollar tax cut, like, hasn't done shit for us, uh, especially, the you know, the lower income and and uh, the quote-unquote working man or woman. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's sick. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, Kanye West, I believe, got a PP loan ripped off the system, Ice Cube, and, you know, I love Ice Cube's music and all that. But you know he's just he's just a he's just a real dick, um, just a real cocksucker, and it, it, I just can't believe the cold bloodedness of people where they're so greedy. Where it's like there's just this thing where there's no there's no limit. Like there's just you know they they have no problem taking, and like they never want to give back. They just want to take, and and it's 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 strange. Like I. I don't get it. Like, you think you want to help build this country up, um, but you, you know, they don't. You want everybody to be yeah. poor. You don't care. Like, Bill Maher was talking about one time, he was talking to this one lady, I think Mary Williamson, I think that's her name. She was running for uh, president. She went and met with people on Skid Row, uh, and, she, and she's, like, asking Bill, do you know, you know, because he's on his, like, stupid podcast, like, smoking a cigar, like you said, trying to look like hip, wearing jeans. And he's like, you know, I think it's just, you know, a, a blown over. Uh, and, you, can, you know, I'm not quoting him exactly, but he's basically like, I drive around, you know, he, you know, he probably has a limo or a driver. But it's like, I drive around, I don't see homeless people, I don't see... And she asked, well, do you go to Skid Row? And he's like, why would I go to Skid Row? And she's like, exactly, you know. It's like, they don't know, they're in a bubble. They're in a bubble. Like, the only time... Right, like the only time it goes anywhere is to go to the dispensary to go buy weed, and you know, and it's 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 just sick. And there's so many of these fucking assholes, and they, like I said, they live in their own world, and and it's like more there's more and more homeless people. It's like you remember you've seen that South Park episode with like the the homeless people are like spirity change, and it starts to grow in population, and there's more homeless people. Like, it's kind of really happening, um, and. And it's just, uh, like I said, it's just, it's just making things worse. Like, we're a fucking hollow country. We don't have shit. We don't produce shit. Except maybe, like, weapons or things that, you know, things that kill people. And uh, it's it just, um, it fucking kills me that it's like you just, there's just millions and millions and billions of dollars, trillions every fucking year 
Um, and there's so much money that there shouldn't be poverty. There's enough money in the world that everybody in the world could be fed, taken care of. I mean, not everybody wants to be rich. A lot of people just, you know, they just want to live their life and fucking, and, you know, have a family or, you know, and, uh, and just be happy and, you know, have friends and enjoy their life and shit. Not everybody needs wealth. It's, to me, it's like, I'm glad I'm not a wealthy person. I mean, I don't know if you've ever met anybody who's like ultra wealthy or famous or anything. It's like there's a complete, like, like, uh, there's a complete, like, it's just it's psychologically, like, some of these people are just fucking, they're so gone with, like, they, they have no idea what the average person lives like. And, it, you know, it's like, they don't have to worry about shit, so they don't have shit to deal with, and it's, 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 it's sad, and, and, uh, we're, we're gonna, you know, we're dying, like, we just, you know, it's, it's showing in every, every facet of, of American life. Um, now, going back to student loan relief, uh, I'm not saying across the board validation, every single student loan gets forgiven. Yeah. I, I do agree with the fact that they had these predatory schools that were lying to the kids, which happens more often than you think, um, that they've got forgiven first. For all the people that say, what about me? And for Bill Maher to say, like, well, that's not fair to the other people that didn't go to college. It's like, it's not like people that are seeking student loan relief are saying, hey, let's take uh, money away from the incomes of people that didn't go to school and actually uh, and put it towards this. Or, you know what, if you want to go back to school, it maybe it should be easier with less, with uh, at least more money going to kids. Kids and adults that actually want to go and get some sort of skill uh, that we can use for years to actually better your life too, not just theirs. People act like people are going to school to get this skill to just better their own lives. It's to better your life. I mean, I went to so part of me, my job to go uh, be an RHIT uh, manager, is making sure that uh, these hospitals, these emergency rooms, get medical records so they can actually properly. Um, treat people that go in there that they don't know their medical background because yeah. the doctor is somewhere else and they just got shot or they just got, they had a heart attack or whatever it is, um, to, 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 you know, to make sure you can get the best health care that you can. It's helped you as well. You people out there that hate people that go to college that actually have debt and think that they were trying to suck off the government. Um, it's ridiculous that you have this much uh, debt and you went back to get a skill because your previous job maybe doesn't even exist anymore. Right. That should go into, that should factor into how much you'd have to pay too. What happened to your last job? Why did you leave? Oh boy, it was because of the 2008 recession that was caused by Bush. You know what? Maybe fucking Bush and his family and Cheney and all their rich families should pay for people's fucking student loan relief because they caused the fucking gap in the first place. Tax the fuck out of Yeah, tax these fucking people. Tax them to fucking death. I don't give a shit. It still wouldn't affect them. Uh, right. All these, you know, all the student loans can be wiped out. Like, they can forgive all that shit. I don't see why not. It doesn't, you know, corporations get that shit all the time. Yeah, it's, it's unfair about We just talked about the PPE, about how their loans will leave, you know, millionaires in Congress yet, uh, students that are out there trying to work everyday lives that are not seeing the returns but they were promised when they actually went to school. Uh, they don't get any relief at all. The whole thing is that it's on the bottom, 
And if you're towards the bottom, that's what government is fucking for. That's what right. upward mobility is for. It actually builds people up so you're not penniless. So you can actually afford to buy things that rich people don't buy. Rich people buy one yacht. They'll buy a couple of cars and stuff like that. Right. You take that money away from thousands of people that will each buy a car a piece and all the piece, then all of a sudden that's when you have a financial crisis. The people that can't, businesses are failing because people, there's not enough money going around for people to buy things. Uh, the other thing, too, is that with the housing crisis back in 2008, maybe we should have actually relieved some of those uh, loans for some of those old buyers so that they could stay in their homes. It was all, and it said, no, let's, let's let the banks take those over, and then we'll just transfer more wealth to the rich. Right. Something needs to change for this shit. The government needs to represent the fucking people. Guess what? We outnumber them. We outnumber billionaires in this country. The poor and the middle class, we outnumber those motherfuckers a million to one. And I think it's time to start standing up and demanding from our government what we pay in and what they're supposed to do. Right. Uh, and I'm looking right at you, Republicans, you fucking assholes. Uh, we have to get on to upward mobility. Uh, we've got that, stockholders versus employees. Um, and then we're going to be done real quickly. Okay, let me get to... This was a very interesting list that was compiled by Wikipedia. And it's basically company, countries that have the best upward mobility. People think of America as the ultimate, mm. uh, there's the ultimate stepping stone to go from the different classes. You work hard, you'll go from the lower class to from the middle class. What this index tests is the amount of opportunities by jobs and what these jobs pay and what you have to go through to get these jobs. Are they available? How much education and student loan debt do you have to incur to try to move up to get these jobs and get into these industries? Well, for years, America was the, the, the spot overflowing with gold coins and, hey, everybody, you take some for you, some for everybody. Guess what? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go through this entire list right now. I'm going to talk about countries where it's easier to go from class system to class system economically. Let's see. Uh, is America in the top ten? No. Uh, that's all Scandinavian countries and, and Northern European countries. Are, in the, are they in the middle? 10, like from 10 to 20, no. Canada is, Japan is, Australia is, Ireland is, Germany, France. France, who actually taxes their corporations 60 to 70%. I know it's easy to move up there. Oh, where it is? Oh, 21 is the United Kingdom. Now we're getting to Portugal. Jesus, South Korea? South Korea is ahead of the United States? There's upper mobility in our country? The United States right now is number 27. 27. Yeah. This is the, we are the first generation, Dirty, you and me, we have much less opportunities than our parents have. We have the upward mobility that we had versus our parents had. Now, all you, you know, if, you're, if you're coming out of college right now, man, I wish you the best luck in the world. Right. And if your parents say, hey, hey, you asshole, go get a job, I did it. You can turn around and show them this fucking look right. and say, hey, asshole, you, you're a fucking dumb motherfucker. Because if you actually know anything about the real statistics, I'm fucked compared to the way you were. Which makes, makes, how many times, Dirty, have you walked around? How many grumpy old fucking white men are there in this country? Man, it's not right the way it used to be. Right. You're goddamn right because you had an opportunity to own things that we right. don't have. You got your fucking stupid, yeah. fucking white-ass mouth up about what the fuck is going on and how easy it is to make a living here in the United States because right. you're ignorant. You're stupid and ignorant. Right. And that's the show, folks. Thank you. Right. <laughs> No, I, that's no, I, I hate that. I hate that fucking argument. That's how it used to used to be best. Da da da. And it's just like it used to be like 
college was free until they integrated, you know, they integrated schools and and colleges, and they started charging money. Uh, it's a lot of this, you know, it's crazy. The the reason it was better back in the day is because it's like they created a lot of great programs specifically for white people, white men. And once they start integrating, then they start changing it. And you can thank Reagan for that. Um, it's 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 absolutely it's just crazy. Like I, you know, I wish and and they used to tax the shit out of people too back in the day. And then you had you know, and you know there was no problem with that. Now it's just like they don't tax shit. And look at our country. It's like taxes are what's up. There was that. Did you ever see that video of the guy? He he's a. Uh, He's a historian. I think he's Dutch, and he he was on Tucker Carlson's show, and he basically told them, "You're rich, just like all your Fox friends." But the biggest thing they could do, the government could do to help income inequality, is tax the rich. He went to uh, Davos. Exactly. He went to Davos, and he fucking like jaw dropped everybody there because it's it's a it's an event for all the ultra wealthy, and he's just like, "Yeah, so if you guys were." you know, pay more taxes, the world will be a better place. But you don't, so it's a shithole. And, you, you know, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, but basically that's what it comes down to. It's like, you know, the Republicans don't want to tax them, but it's like, who do, you, who do you, whose money do you think this is? Like, it's our fucking money. We, we pay taxes into that, into that, and it's like it goes in your pocket. A lot of this shit goes in the people's pockets. And it's fucking, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I just... You know, when there was a, the whole anonymous thing, it was like, you know, it'd be great if some super hacker would fucking just, you know, Robin Hood this shit and give people money, you know, because it's just like they're pocketing, they have all this money, and it's just like you could just give that shit up, and you wouldn't even know. Like, it wouldn't even affect you in your life to give up some of that money. A smidgen. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, it's no coincidence that in this list of the top 10 and top 20 countries that have the best upward mobility from class to class, the majority of them are northern and western European countries that tax the rich a lot more than we do. Right. Uh, and actually are able to get the tax money to come in. It's not just they're also uh, have oversight committees to make sure that these, these uh, rich people are not uh, hoarding the wealth and sending them to other countries to make sure they don't have to pay taxes. Another thing, too, is uh, oh, I just, I just, I just lost it. Um, I got too much. I got too much stuff in my brain right now. I guess is what I tried to cram this, this all in. Um, but you know what? It's, I, I got it now. So, like, the other thing that American capitalism does when you have when you open up the politics to foreign investors, you open up American companies investors, you open up corporations of people too, and who could be a part of a PAC, a political action committee? Well, you don't have to actually give the members of the political action, action committee. It could be some motherfucker out in, uh, who knows, China or Russia or any of Germany or something like that. And they, they're investing in American politics. Are they, why? Not for the American people. That's the goddamn sure. They're investing because maybe they, they can make more money uh, getting involved in American uh, business. So you take these northern and western European countries to tax the rich. You know, we get the greedy offset, the greedy offset businessmen from that 
on those countries. Say, Why would I stay here when I can go, in America, go to America and talk to people more? Right. And that's what they'll do. That's one thing in American capitalism is not... Uh, has not been able to put into the equation of how to properly distribute money is how much is too much uh, for the top earners. How much should, should people that have foreign interests, uh, rather than American interests, be able to be involved in American business and American politics? I say very little, but it's, it's, not, it's not the way that the, uh, that the laws have been created for them, that they can go in and then be a part of an American political action committee uh, and make lots of money and then make a decision to shut down town and, and move, uh, the, the industry to a different country. And what the fuck would you give a care about some small town of Wyoming that is decimated, uh, in Southbridge, Massachusetts, where I grew up in, where, uh, next, next door, South of Sturbridge, where I grew up, but American Optical moved out of there, who had, uh, shut up, bitch, who had employed all these people that now is, is moved to Mexico, and all of a sudden, uh, now you have the stinky, gross town filled with, with crime and people dealing drugs and different things to be able to make money because you can't take it through work. Um, we did this. We're going to cover very quickly stockholders versus employees. The, the, the whole, I want to, I don't care the big thing I want to say for the end, but dirty, we're talking about this for a couple, for a couple of minutes. There's a, an inherent problem with the amount of power in big companies that stockholders or investors have versus the employees. Mm -hmm. And some, a lot of, again, I reference Europe. They've been around a lot longer than us. Uh, there's a lot of country, companies there that the employees do have a bigger stake in the company as far as not just upper management, not just executives like here in America or just the executives. We're talking about uh, associates that have a, a bigger vested interest in the company because they do give them amounts of stock. I'm not saying there's zero American companies where people do. We talked about the amount of stock options for poor people here uh, or, or associates versus the executives, and it's staunch. And I've talked to people like, whoa, well, the stock market's really this such a big thing, then go out and buy stock. Dude. So what if it's a weapons manufacturing company? Right, Whoever it is right. where it's going to make the money. You know how we, we, you missed the point of this whole fucking episode, and we're talking about what it costs, the inflation versus what people make, of what it takes for the American, Amer average American family to make a chunk of money that would actually net something and put it into the stock of a company versus, you know, how much college education costs and clothes and, and entertainment. And, you know, the average high school kid these days doesn't, I mean, for me, when I was in high school, it was like, you want a car. Right. And now it's like, you want a car. Oh, you also want a phone. Oh, you also want a laptop computer. Oh, you also right. want, like, the, the, these things that high school kids have these days are so much more expensive than when I was a kid. Uh, it's, it's, it's night and day the difference. Right. Um, I think what needs to happen in America is much more silent stockholders. Stockholders are like, you want to invest product, you don't get to say shit about what happens to the company. And properly, where I worked at is a great excuse. The owner is a great example. The owner was very generous, wanted people to, uh, wanted to, to give free food out to people. Sometimes you could write it off uh, on a receipt and say, this is for, uh, a, a good customer who comes by, just give them a little bag of cookie or a cookie here or ice cream there, whatever the hell it is. Right. And then Schultz comes in and a bunch of other investors, they come in and they say, fuck that shit. We're, we're, we're doing away with that. Um, so what happens is that the business doesn't thrive. And I'm not saying that some companies that get tight don't make more money. Uh, it's just that 
you have so many people that are making business decisions that, that and if the, the, the president, the, the owner basically stepped down from being a CEO. And why? Because if he didn't, they, they were going to vote him out, the stockholders. They shouldn't have a decision to vote out the CEO. If you want to, if you want to give money to a company that's making money and be, uh, enjoy some of the riches, fine. You don't deserve to have the right to say to any company, Let's shut down this operation and move it to Mexico because it'll make me more money. Right. And the way it is now, the majority of stockholders can get together and out to you that you're the president. They don't like the fact that you're too generous. They'll vote you out. They'll put somebody in that actually will uh, do their bidding. And you have so many rich people owning so many different companies and things that they're running away with the country. And um, Gary, I'll let you get uh, the last word in because what the last thing I want to say is with American capitalism, American business, we knew, and I've said this before, we knew there was a major failure with a 2008 uh, great, not depression, great recession, I guess it was. When that hit, and American banks losing money, and they had given all these loans out to people that couldn't pay their mortgage, but we couldn't hold them accountable for their bad business practices. Why? Because they were too big to fail. Too big to fail, and capitalism could not go together. It's the antithesis of the very fucking definition of what it means to be a capitalist American, be successful, and to thrive and grow. You failed, you step aside, you let somebody else do it. Don't actually bail them out and then not bail out some student debt relief. Don't actually bail out some of the people that own the houses in the first marketplace. Don't bail out the middle class. Don't bail out the lower class. Always bail out the upper class. That is a fucking failure. And if we continue to do this, America is going in the wrong direction and will until it's corrected. Right. Yeah. I uh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, you said it, you summed it up pretty good. All right, well, let's see. We, we've, got, we've been going about an hour. You know, it's actually been about an hour and 20 minutes. I guess, um, last thing, when it comes to dirty, any little things to add? Talking about inflation, maximum wage. Fuck the rich. Uh, uh, tax them. Um, I just think we need a whole, we need a, we need a whole new system regarding income and companies and like I just wish the government was was more proactive and for the people I mean it is supposed to benefit us but they they benefit the rich I mean it's just and it's it's in so many different ways it, it fucking sucks right. so fuck the uh, rich fuck the rich okay one last little thing I did see um from based off of our horribly uh Episodes that we did previously, I did see Insidious one and two. Really liked them both. The second one was probably as good as the first one. Dirty, have you seen any horror movies since we've done our list? Yeah, I saw the Baba Duke like you told me to, and it, it it's just beyond shot. Um <laughs> I put that down on the list. That was not up at the top. Yeah. Anyway, no, I've seen most of the movies. I haven't seen anything new lately. Um, uh, oh, American Horror Story. I, it's not a movie, but as far as like horror goes, uh, yeah, they have. Uh, we're my wife and I right now are watching the Coven's, uh, the season three Coven one. Really fucking good. Talks about um, there's like three historical people they mentioned. Uh, 
and it it's, it's a, it takes place in New Orleans, so they dig up a lot of like the past um, and the things they did. Like this one woman, Marie Laveau, I think that was her name. Anyway, she was a notorious slaver, and she had a house, and she was so evil. She used to torture um, a lot of a lot of her servants and stuff. Uh, I mean, ten seconds. Huh? Yeah, ten seconds left. Oh, okay. I'm just to say, like, it's, it's good, and they talk about a lot of great things, or a lot of oh, great things, a lot of horrible things from the past, but it's, it's, uh, it's great, uh, that they mention these things, right. and they get into a lot of detail, so fuck off. <laughs> Alright, man, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were just gonna say, like, a title without going too much into it, but nope. anyway, alright, uh, that is, uh, that is our time here. Uh, hopefully this will fit on YouTube. Uh, no thanks to Dirty Mouth, but uh, that's Dirty Mouth Morgan with some heavy-hitting discussion on uh, income inequality. I'm Dylan. Thanks for checking us out, guys. Thanks, guys. And the Thrash Metal Show next. Boom.